Hello, my name is Kristen and I am obsessed with all things play-based and child-led learning. Truly obsessed. I am here to help you navigate the messy and the magical on your journey to a play-based program. It is truly magical on the other side and I want you to feel each day what I feel when I walk into my classroom. I am the homeschool mama to four. I'm the founder of a play and nature-based preschool and forest school and I am here to cheer you on. I'm ready. Are you ready? Let's get going. I just got done creating a 17-page guide to documentation for anybody who is interested. It's free. You can go to learning-wild.com to download your copy of Play-Based Documentation Guide. I worked on it for quite a while. And so there's a lot of good info in there. And I'm just going to touch on some of the information in this podcast. But you're for sure going to want to go and download the guide. So it's something that you can keep maybe as you listen to this episode or as you can take notes on it. Whatever you might want to do with it. It's just a really down and dirty guide to documentation and some different things that I have done that I have found that work. And some that maybe didn't work. I am going to start with an introduction to documentation. This is like your basics. Your down and dirty. You've heard the term. You maybe don't know what it is. It's a style of documentation from here on out. If you are going to be using documentation in any form in a play-based classroom, I want you to think of yourself as a play detective. A play detective. That's what I think of myself of like I feel like I am that every day and I call myself a play detective I also call myself a creative vampire that's a whole other podcast um but I am a play detective and a creative vampire so a documentation basically what documentation is is the process of recording observations of children's play and learning that's what it is it's the process of doing it is what documentation is so now you're a play detective or you can think of it maybe as a learning detective, whichever one you like better. And in this podcast, I'm going to tell you like what is documentation, why you should document, and how you should document. And maybe a little bit more on kind of like mm, what it looks like to be a play detective. What is documentation? I just said it. Simply put, it's the process of recording observations of children's play and learning. You can do that in a variety of different ways. Taking photos, taking observations, observation notes, work samples, dictation of what the children say, translating conversations that you overhear into writing, taking a running record of one of the children's experiences for a designated chunk of time. It can look so different for everybody. And I kind of want to back up actually just a little bit because documentation has been something I've played around with probably, well, for the last six years. There are different things that work for different people. So your style of documentation that you find that flows well with your brain might look completely different than the creative process that I go through for documentation. The guide that you can download is it just kind of puts out all of the things that I've tried, simple or more complex, and I feel like... Like documentation is a creative process for anyone and everyone and it is your way to reflect on what you have seen and it is your way to grow as an educator and provide a space and environment for those kiddos to grow and to learn. So yours might look different than mine. That is okay. 
Yours might look different from the teacher down the hall. That is okay. Another thing, if you're a director of a program or an administrator, um, or you have teachers working under you, and you're all dabbling in a sort of documentation, I recommend allowing each teacher to find their own style of documentation. We all learn different. We know that. We know that as educators. We know that all children learn different. It's the same with adults. So documentation is the process of recording your observations and of what children are learning through play. But it's also a way for you to learn and reflect on what is happening in your classroom. And sometimes that's hard if somebody's telling you you have to do it in a certain way. So I am all for letting teachers play around with what works best for them. So that's what documentation is. So why? Why should you document? Good question. <laughs> documentation really is for, it's for three different pieces. It's for the teachers, it's for the children, it's for the parents. For the teachers, I just kind of said it. Documentation is a roadmap of the children's brains. You have to know where they have been on that road, on that map, in order to know where they're going and in order to plan for better future experiences. You can scaffold their learning when you know that map. So when you have seen and really understood where they are coming from, then you can plan a better trip for them for the future. That's kind of the reason why teachers should document learning. It's a reflection tool. It's a learning tool for the teacher to be able to plan for the future. Plan for tomorrow. Plan for the next minute even. For the children. Why are we documenting for the children? When children see that what they are doing, what they are saying, what they are working on is valued and it's valued enough to be displayed in the room or to be written down on paper, then they can take pride in the learning experiences. And it can also lead to new experiences for them. They might, if you have like a documentation panel up on your classroom wall or a bulletin board, they might see a photo of something somebody did in the past and say, wow, that's really cool. I want to try that. In one of the styles of documentation that I use is a teacher journal and the kids love to flip through it to see what we have done in the past. Like, oh, I remember that. So it's a fantastic way to talk about past experiences, but also to spark curiosity for future experiences for future kids who come through the program who are looking back on what other children have done. And I think documentation is important as well for the parents. It is a way for you to pull out, to be that play detective for the parents so that you can pull out all of the learning, pull out all of the standards, whatever you need to do in order to show them that in this photo of Sally and Tommy playing, they are meeting this standard, this standard, this benchmark, this indicator of progress, whatever your state community or county or however your state does it, you can write all of those things under the caption of the photo or whatever it may be that you are providing to parents. When you use like a social media site, this is also a form of documentation, posting a photo on social media and then telling whoever is following that social media channel, look it, this is what we did today and these are all of the things that the kids learned through this play experience. So it's just a really good way to validate what we are doing in our programs because sometimes play-based learning, well, lots of times, Play-based learning isn't valued as real learning. It's value, It's looked at as the fun. So it's just a really good way to speak to the wolves and to let them know that we have serious business here in this play world. 
So that brings us to all of the different ways of how you can document. And you can read a lot more about these. I'm kind of just going to point out a couple of my favorites that I have done in the past, but the rest you'll be able to read through in the guide. And then I just recommend doing it like a Google search because you can find a lot of good blogs and things out there that of, of things that people have done. Um, with their different documentation styles. So there's lots of different ways to document. And again, I think that it is very much intrinsic to you and your personality, your learning style, and which style of documentation that will work well for you. And play around with it. Don't don't feel like you have to stick with one thing all year. However, there have been times where I've committed to one thing for a whole year and I've learned a lot. So um, I don't discredit that at all, but I am the kind of person who likes to try new things. So how you should document photos, videos. I have like 21,000 photos on my photo reel on my phone right now. That's a lot. Photos are a huge source of documentation for me. They help me remember what I was seeing videos. I love to take videos because that is like the most authentic way to say, wow, look at look at what happened here. Look at how they made this seesaw out of a log and two stumps on the ground or a stump on the ground and one big log. Photos and videos. Um, many classrooms do documentation panels, um, displays. You can read more about that in the free guide. The one that I wanted to get to was, well, there's two. One that my two preferred ways or ways that I have found that worked really well. Maybe they're not preferred, but um, one is a style of digital documentation. And the app that I used for a good year, this is the one I committed to for a nine-month school year, was called Story Park. And I know there's a listener, too, who is friends with the creators of Story Park. I mean, so that's really cool. That was a really cool connection because I know I mentioned Story Park in a different podcast. However, we committed to doing Story Park, this was about four years ago, for a full nine months. And we paid for it. It's not the cheapest app in the world, but it was really cool. And there's reasons why we stopped using it, and I'll go into that in a little bit. But basically, we, we would take, each child had their own file within the app. And when we would take photos, we could tag the children in the photos and it would go into their little digital file. And then I had taken time at that point in time, and it could be different now. Um, They didn't have any of the Minnesota Early Childhood Indicators of Progress in there. So I manually went in and I made all of these different tags for the photos that would tag all of the standards that the children were meeting through that experience that they were doing at the time. So you could tag the child in the photo, it would go into their digital file, and then you would also tag it with these hashtags of all of the indicators of progress. Then it would collect all of that data on each student, and this was the coolest part. It would spit out a pie chart of the different domains that I had put in there of really learning. So there's four domains, and it would show where, like, how many photos we had tagged of this child in creativity in the arts or language and literacy or cognitive or physical and we could see where there could be gaps and so we could look at that pie chart and be like whoa I we have not tagged this student in anything physical let's check into that let's touch base and see why we haven't tagged them in anything physical and so we could reflect on that talk about it as a staff and then go back and provide experiences that we know we were lacking for certain students or for the whole class. 
It was fantastic. We actually, that school year, gave teachers story park time, we called it. And they had about 15, 20 minutes every single day where they would leave the classroom, go sit in the teacher's office, and they would story park. That's what we called it. It's your turn to story park. And they would go and they would upload their photos that they had, tag all of the people, and the parents had access to this so they could see their child's Story Park newsfeed of all of the things that their kiddo were doing and all of the learning tags that went along with it. It was fantastic. It was great. The reason we quit using Story Park is because we wanted a all-around app. And maybe Story Park does this now. It's been a few years. But we wanted a billing system. We wanted a communication portal with the parents. We wanted registration. We wanted our tracking for hours tracking for employees. We wanted an all-in-one um, where we could do the documentation within the software that we were using for all the other things that you need to run a child care program. So it just we wanted to streamline and use one thing and so we ended up um, with a software called Sandbox. Okay by the way none of this is sponsored so um, I'm, I'm just telling you what works for me. I'm not getting paid by anybody to tell about any of these things. The other style of documentation that I adore, and I should have Tiffany come on and speak speak to this because she's the one who um, got me started in this. But um, my friend Tiffany, who I used to podcast with on a different podcast a few years ago called Q&A with T&K. We are both preschool teachers and um, we did, I don't know, over 100 episodes. Her name is Tiffany Pearsall. She runs a fantastic program in Washington called Play Frontier. You can check her out on Instagram. But she started me on this style of documentation. It's basically like a teacher journal, a teacher sketchbook, a teacher notebook. I think she calls it the naturalist teacher program. She created this herself. The naturalist journal, maybe. It's not naturalist teacher. It's the naturalist journal. And it, basically what it is is there's a big old notebook, online sketchbook type thing. And you are basically looking at children as if you were a naturalist out in nature documenting nature and so you're looking at the children as if they are they are ever changing just like nature and that's why a naturalist journal over time is because trees nature everything is continually growing and evolving and so are children and so it's this neat parallel that she mixed together and introduced me to and her journals are amazing I'm not sure she's doing it anymore because it was time consuming but I I do it in a much more simplified way example one day well so we have this um Minnesota, it's the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources has a eagle cam and anybody can watch it. It's like live. But every probably February, March, there is a pair of eagles that have like inhabit this nest and there's a camera on it. And the eagles every year lay eggs. And so you can watch these eagles sit on these eggs for however many days. I think it's 38, 45 maybe. I can't remember exactly. And watch them sit on the eggs and then you can watch the eaglets hatch and then you can watch them feed the eagle babies and it's fantastic and so we record all of those things in my journal but I have the students help me with it so when we first when I first introduce the eagle cam and, and leave it on I mean we basically leave it on for I don't know a few months at the preschool and check in every once in a while we I write down well, what do you think eagles eat or what do you know about eagles and I just write dictation of all of the things the kids say 
we post a picture in there of the eagle. We start a countdown calendar in the journal. Then over time, we make observations. And I'll write those observations in there every couple weeks. And then I take what exactly what I hear the children say as they're standing around the eagle cam looking at the screen and write down all of the things that they say. And the most exciting thing ever is after they hatch and the mama gets up or the daddy because the mommy and the daddy both take care of the babies. I don't know if you know that about bald eagles, but it's quite amazing. And the students, the kiddos will gather around and they'll get so excited. And, and then I get so excited because the mama or the daddy eagle will move and you can see the babies and there's like these little balls of gray fluff and we all ooh and ah over it. And I write down all the things that the kids say. And it's just this really, really neat collection of observation notes of them observing the eagle but me observing them. And I post pictures in there of the kids gathered around the laptop or pictures of our countdown calendar. And then we talk about those things with the kiddos that are standing around the computer looking at the eagle cam. It's, it's just a really, really neat way to document learning. Um, there are, what are some other things that I have done? I've had them draw little pictures in the journal with me. I ha- I will have them, it, whichever kids are around and they want to tell a story with me, I'll start a story prompt and then have them kind of fill in the story and how it goes. And so then we have this really neat story in our journal. I use it in a variety of ways and I try new things and some things work and some don't and some pages are beautiful and some are just black pen on paper. That is how I love to document along with photos and videos. Um, I also really love um, to use Instagram to show parents what we're learning in our program. Like I said, everybody's style of documentation is very different. Um, There are things called floor books, and there are many different types of apps that you can use. There's social media sites you can utilize. There are classroom apps that you can use to document learning. You can do simple bulletin boards for for documentation, post-it notes. There's so many different ways to document and download the guide because that will give you just a a tangible thing that you can go back and refer to when you forget this podcast in a couple weeks. And again, don't be afraid to send me messages on Instagram. I will answer back. And if I don't know something, I'll try to find the answer. So yeah, hit me up on Instagram. Download the guide, learning-wild.com. You'll find it right there on the homepage. I hope that you find found this podcast valuable and I hope you find the documentation guide valuable and be a play detective and once you start it's really hard to stop I hope you guys all have a fantastic day hey I need you to do me a huge 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 favor if you liked listening and you want to be able to hear more can you please go on to iTunes and leave me a five-star review I would so appreciate it and then connect with me on Instagram it's learning.wild we'll see you around Thank you.